Amen. Thank you guys so much. We're getting ready to jump right on in. Today we're going to be talking about the bigger picture, not just the big picture. How many times do you talk to somebody and say, you know, you just really need to look at the big picture? I'm going to tell you today that God has a bigger picture for us, and that's what we want to look at today. So I want to start out talking about just, a, I thought, how can I get a good illustration? And this is what came to my mind. And I, I thought, now, you know, how many people have ever come out and had a nail in their tire before? Right? Now, I'm not talking about when the tire's flat as a pancake. I'm going to back it up a little bit. I'm talking about when the nail is in there, right? And now, the thing about this, and I, I hope that in my mind it's made a lot of sense, so hopefully it will when I, when I speak it. You know, you might, before you just go pull that nail out, let me ask you this. How many people have just pulled the nail out? <laughs> yeah, okay. Just say, yeah, all right. You just said, I'm going to pull that nail out, right? Okay. For those of you that haven't, listen closely. That's good. For those of you that haven't, I don't have to tell you what happened. Because a lot of times if that nail's in there and you're just out at the mall or something like that, and you just go, oh, there's a nail in my tire. Right? Might be a good idea to let everything look at the bigger picture and make sure everything that you got a jack in the car, that you got a few other things going on. Right. And, and so the reason I said that, I thought, well, that's a lot of times with with things in the Bible and things in life. You know, Jesus, sometimes he, he sees everything that's going on, but he's letting the big picture get set in place before he starts messing with the smaller picture. Now, just hold that right there. I thought she said, amen. That's good. <laughs> the bigger picture. Keep that in mind, because as we go into the story, we're going to relate back to that a little bit. So today, this is one of my many, many favorite stories that we got in the Bible. Mark chapter 2, this is where Jesus heals a paralyzed man. He did a lot of that, didn't he? He's the same yesterday and today and forever, right? And you know what? We're carrying the Holy Spirit with us. He lives in us. And I, I believe God can do some great things in our life and through us as well. But I want to kind of set the stage with this. Just remember, when God doesn't answer the prayers that you have at the time or the way that you have, he's got the bigger picture. And I, I want to tell you this, sometimes this side of heaven, we might not even understand that, but we can trust him. Amen. So I want to start out a little bit. If you got your Bibles with you today, I, I want to run through a few things and then we're going to read just a little bit to set the stage. Everybody good? If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter two. Okay. So I, I had a little background here. And, and it says here, it says, you know, the background, this is what was going on with Jesus' ministry. Man, he had just healed Peter's mother-in-law. He, he came back from uh, Galilee. He's over there. He's, he's, he's casting out the demons. He's healing sick folks. He's preaching and teaching. He's going all throughout Galilee. He, he meets up with a man that has leprosy, heals him. He's kind of busy, isn't he? But he still takes time to restore himself in the Lord, right? So then he's back to Capernaum, and this is where we kind of start. So that's, what, that's kind of the last couple of days of Jesus' life when we get into this story. This is what's going on. I'm going to say business as usual, but is business as usual Jesus? Is, is it usually business as usual? It's, 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 it's God on the scene all the time. You know what I mean? So let's take a look at this, and we're going to un unpack it a little bit. So we start out in chapter 1, uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, excuse me. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Now, this is kind of cool. Capernaum was a place that, that was centrally located by the Sea of Galilee, and so you would have a lot of traffic. How many know location, location, location is a good thing? Jesus knew that, too. And so this is where he was setting up most of the camp, I'll say. And this is where he was doing a lot of his ministry. So soon the house where, they, uh, where he was staying, 
Let me see, I lost my spot. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there were no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arriving, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't, bring him, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. We got room still, so okay. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing that their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now I want to just pick out a few things here and we're going to just kind of build on that. Now, they're carrying this guy. It's so busy in there, they can't even get in the door. And we're gonna, I don't want to tip my hand too much, but think about it. I want you to set the stage a little bit, right? Here he goes. He's preaching the word. He's got his mat. Now, the mat that they had, that was like their bed. So can you imagine four of your best friends coming up here with you on that mat? Just think about that. They were so sure. Their faith was so dug in. They said, we're going to see a miracle. We're going to get our buddy healed by this Jesus. Amen? How many of us are carrying our friends to the throne room? Maybe not physically, but in prayer. Amen? We can do that. Let's keep on going. All right? Switching on over here a little bit. And away we go. Number six. But some of the teachers, and here's, you always got some negative folks and everything, don't you? You always got some naysayers. Here they are. Let me just go here. Verse six says, but some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sin. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sin. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and, and, and said, stand. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And, then, and, then, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. I think that would be something to look at there, wouldn't it? And then they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Sometimes I get so excited preaching, I talk a whole lot faster than I read. I'm glad y'all got it up on the board. Because I'm going to tell you what, I get excited about sharing the Word of God. How about you guys? Oh, now everybody was loud before we started. How about you guys? Now we got something going on now, boy. Yes. So look at it. That's powerful. You know, you go through here. The Word of God's being taught. You know, and, and the Word of God is so powerful. How many people have heard this story before? Many of you, right? I've heard it. I've preached it before. But I'm going to tell you what. God's word is so deep and so filling, you just can't get enough of it. Every time you turn around, you open it up, and you ask the Lord to show you something different, he will do it. He just goes in deeper and deeper. So today I want to look at three points that we're going to be sharing as we go through. If you got your notes, I think it's a good place to start writing down. They were moved by their need, moved by faith, and then blinded by doubt. So you guys stick with me on this. We're going to get with it. I want to start out by talking about that our friends were moved by a need. They saw a need. How did that miracle start? There was a need. How many people know that there's miracles in your life that need to take place? Maybe in friends. Maybe there's been miracles in your life that's taken place, right? You want to know a great miracle? But a Chapman got saved. You got saved. And God still got room in his family. Amen. That's a great miracle. That's some powerful stuff right there. So look at this. The first thing we see, right? is that four men arrive carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Now, how many of y'all would love to have four friends like that? How about one, right? 
You know, you go through life. They say if you only have a couple of good friends, you're really blessed. How many know we're blessed? Look over this side, look over that side. Y'all are blessed. You got more than four friends here. I guarantee you. I guarantee you on that. So they were moved by me. They didn't just go and scope it out. Can you imagine that? Man, I, I can't move. I can't do anything. I'm sick. Everything else. And Mike said, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go scope it out. If it ain't too long a line, maybe we can get you in next Wednesday. They didn't do that. If you got friends like that, just go like this. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand, right? If you're that friend sometimes, <laughs> right? They didn't go say, man, I tell you, man, we tried to get in there, but it was just too many people. You couldn't even get in the door, man. It's not my fault. It's not on me. We like to sling the monkey, as we say. That's not my Ooh. They didn't take no for an answer. So take a look at this. What I found out is, in those homes then, and we've studied a lot of stuff on Tuesday nights and stuff, when, when usually, when you married, got married, you didn't marry off, you married on. Brian, say amen. They marry off now. They don't marry on. <laughs> He's got some people getting married in his family. I just, I'm setting the stage for your son-in-laws. They married off, not married on. I thought that was funny. They didn't. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Anyway, but then they would marry in, marry on, and then everybody's in this house, you know. And I don't think there was a lot of walls either. So if your mama was arguing, guess what everybody knew? That's why they prayed so much back then. I think so. But look at this. They're carrying this guy, in, and they come up to this place, and they can't get in the house. And the way a lot of the houses were built back then, from what I understand, they had the flat roofs. All right? So they had, a lot of, they had mud and, 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 and different things across the top to, and, and, and wood to try to make that roof just real stationary. But what they would do is they, could, they had a whole bunch of stairs that come up the other side. So they're taking this guy, right? They're taking their buddy, and they're carrying him. I want you to see it. They're carrying him on his mat, and everything. says, so you know what? We are going to put him before Jesus. Amen? Think about that. How much do we do that in the, in the supernatural? Do we say, we are going to put our brothers and sisters before the Lord, the throne room of the Lord, and say, we're going to pray for them daily. We're going to pray for, for our, you know, our, our church family in the Philippines. We're going to pray for the, the issues that we've got in our families and work and, and everything else. We might not have to go on the rooftop, but we can sure hit our knees and pray, right? I'm so grateful for so many that do that each and every day for us. They were committed to the cause. How many know commitment is a big thing? A lot of people don't like commitment these days. It's crazy. It really is. What about your commitment to Christ? See, that's where it starts. That's where you build on from there. Well, let's take a look at this. What else moved them? They were moved by love. There's no doubt they loved their friend deeply. And but their love was put into action. So you can tell me you love me all you want, but you would think that there would be some action that follow that. I think everybody, I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. Don't tell me you love me. Go, yeah, well, I know, you know, I love you, but yeah. When your love hooks up with your faith and your action, it's going to move you. That's called compassion, isn't it? Look at that. They were moved with compassion. They were concerned. They, had, they saw a greater need and they knew a greater one that can meet the need. They believed and they pressed into Jesus. See, sometimes in our life and sometimes in faith and, and just, just moving forward, we got to press in. We got to press in. But a lot of times we press into the world. We press into our own strength instead of pressing in to the Lord. I pray today that's one of the things that we take away. That not only are we moved by need, but we press in by love and compassion. Everybody doing good so far? So look at this. 
It says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, like we were talking about. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus sitting right there? He's praying. Everybody's pressed in. He's talking. He's teaching the word of God. And all of a sudden, we got termites. Something. What's going on, you know? He starts seeing something. And they start bringing him in. Now, I guarantee you, that put a smile on the face of Jesus. You know what? Because can you imagine that we're right here and people are so packed in to hear the word of God and, and we're like this and everybody's sitting on each other's laps and they're like this and all that. You know what's sad? You can go to the races and that's what will happen. You can go to a football game. They charge you top dollar and that's what will happen. And this is a free gift to God. And many people don't even want to roll over and get out of bed. Not hating, I'm just saying. Man, they're missing out. And I pray today that, man, we turn around and say, look, we need to be moved by need. We need to be moved by need that people need Jesus. How about that? We need to be moved to share the gospel, to not only share Jesus, but show Jesus. Not just represent him, but represent him. Let's keep on rolling. So I, I, I took a couple of things here. I said, I love this. I, I can just see the homes, the flat roofs, all those different things. And, and what I put down here is sometimes, right? Let me click this bad boy here. Sometimes we have to put our backs into it and get our hands dirty. You see what I'm saying? They just didn't sit on the sidelines. They put defeat to their faith. They put action to their word and their love and their compassion. You know? Have you ever been, well, I'll just go, I'll, I'll pray for you. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. But you know, there's opportunity sometimes that we can do something. God might be saying, you're the one that I want to cover their prescription this month. You're the one that can pick the, the little girl up from school because mom and dad's sick. You're the one that we want to lead the Bible study. You can fill in the blank. Whatever God's been talking to you, just go ahead and say amen. amen. Right? And so there's different things. So sometimes we've got to put our back into it. But really, we just need to put our faith into the Lord. Put our faith into him. Has anybody... Ever gone wrong trusting Jesus? I ain't found nobody to raise a hand yet. You know? Has anybody gone wrong not trusting Jesus? Hand, two foot. Man, sometimes we just, we miss the mark, don't we? But aren't you glad that Jesus is still moved by love? That Jesus is still moved by compassion? He's not going to leave you there. Look at this. Is your heart Guiding your actions. That's really the, the whole, whole piece of the puzzle right there. Now, right now, we're talking about the friends. Their heart was so overflowing. Their faith was so cranked up. They said, look, I can just break this down. Let's pick somebody. We'll just say Joe. Nobody named Joe in here, right? Okay, good. Joe, look, there's this guy. Matter of fact, he's not just a guy. He's the Messiah. We're going to take you there. And I'm telling you what, he's healing people. Just saw last week, healed a guy with leprosy. Just saw the other day, hey, you know he's a good guy. He healed this guy's mother-in-law. But Whoo, going to be a long ride home. Anyway, so anyway, he's healed, he healed these people, and all this is going on. And, and they said, we got to get you there. We got to get you. You know what? What happens about this? What happens if we had that same heart about people knowing Jesus? What happens if I said, man, you know, they just need to know Jesus. Now, I don't necessarily mean you got to hogtie somebody in their, in their hammock and bring them to church. But I've got some friends that probably could use that. And I was that friend one time that needed to be hauled to church. But you know what? Through grace and mercy and everything else, 
God wooed me into the hearing of his word, and I am so grateful. And I tell you what, now on this side, if they would have put me in a headlock to get me to church for me to hear this message, I'd have been okay with that too. But I think, you know what, we can, we can work out of love and compassion. Everybody doing good? So think about that. That's the big question for each of us, and it's, it's daily. Is your heart guiding your actions? Is it guiding your words? I pray that it is. And the more time we spend with God, guess what? It's going to wear off on you. You know, they say the, the, the people that you hang around, is how you, you kind of gravitate that. I, I speak about this from time to time. Uh, if those of us that are parents or grandparents and things like that, can you tell when your kid's been hanging out with somebody else? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And you go, uh, we don't talk like that. We don't joke like that. We don't act like that. You know better than that. We don't do that. Right. Because as believers in Christ, we want to mimic what God's done. I don't even like that word. We want to portray. We want to live out what God is doing in our life for others to see. Let's, let's be serious about it. Some days we don't do too good. Amen? Preaching to me first. But aren't you glad that we can start fresh? Aren't you glad that, that he's full of love and compassion? Let's get ready to move on. So his friends were moved by need. But look what happens here. Verse 5. See in their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Jesus was moved by their faith, not their need. I'm not saying the need wasn't important, but he was moved. What moved him was, was their faith. He didn't say, oh, man, that guy can't walk. He said, "Woo! there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger nail in the tire. See, I was going to get back to that. He was looking at the upper story. See, before he pulled the nail out, he said, your sins are forgiven. He set things in motion. He wanted to make sure it was a good platform for what was going on. Look at this. Jesus made sure the foundation was right. He wanted to make sure from the bigger picture that he was covered. Man, I'm asking you today. I ask this all the time. I'm not waiting to the end. I, we don't know if we'll make it to the end. If you died tonight, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? If you took your last breath here, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? Now, I talk to people all the time, talk to a guy on the phone the other day about this very question. And usually what I get is this. Even from folks that are believers, and, and, and I don't know if I'm, I'm wording it funny, I just say, hey, if, if, if you die tonight, are you sure you go to heaven? Not 99%. We've got to be 100% sure. Are you sure? And they go, yeah. And I go, I go well, well, why is that? And the guy goes, I don't understand the question. I don't understand the question you just asked me. I don't know if he thought I was trying to trick him or anything else. I just wanted to know his heart. And I said, okay, let me say it this way. If you die tonight, <laughs> do you know for sure that you go to heaven? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, why? Well, I've been baptized. I said, well, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I used to go to church. I'm getting back in the groove. I pray. I said, that's good. He said, I don't know what you want me to say. See, a lot of people want to know, what, what do you, it's not what I want you to say. I, I want to know, what, what decision have you made? See, because there's a lot of people that pray that don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people that got baptized, just got wet. Okay? The water didn't save you. We've been blessed the last several years. We go to Michael's house. He's got a nice house. He's got a nice pool and nice water. It's clear. There's nothing in that water going to save you. It, okay, what saved you is your confession of faith. My question for the man was this. Hey, have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus? That's the deal. And then as an act of obedience, 
We follow him in believer's baptism, showing that we're following death, burial, and resurrection, and identifying with that. But what happens is we're saved by grace through faith, not that of ourselves. It's a gift to God. We receive that gift when we say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm turning from my sin. I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, pour out your blood, and you rose on the third day. Lord, I trust that. That's what I'm counting on. How many people counting on that? I can tell you this. You say, well, boy, buddy, that's kind of narrow. It is narrow. If you believe in any other thing to get to heaven, guess what? Amen. 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 <laughs> I missed that, brother. That's what he said. You ain't getting to heaven. That's exactly right. You say, well, why in the word? Read the word. Just say, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Okay? So we got that right there. So what's happening? So he wanted to make sure the foundation. Look at this. We just said it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. How many of you people love to brag? Love to brag. We've got a little, we've got a little inside thing in the ministry. And when we do this, toot, toot. Guess what? That's our signal to all of us. Are you talking about you? You're talking about Jesus. And then, you know what we'll do? We say, man, yeah, I got that fixing. I got that fixing all that. And somebody go, toot, toot. But praise the Lord that he showed me how to do it. <laughs> It'll keep you home. So, so if you ever hear us go by and go, toot, toot. They say, uh-oh, uh-oh. Might want to regroup. Because we're tooting our own horn, right? I want to toot for Jesus. Woo, come on, somebody. Let me tell you about my Jesus. I ain't too, I ain't too busy. So look, it's by his grace. Grace is unmerited, unearned favor. He loves you. He's provided a way for you. He wants you. It's there on the table. You have been saved. How? By your need, by your faith. Amen. That's what moves God. By your faith. And, and guess what? Who's, who's it all about? It's not of yourself. But it's a gift of God. How many people love Christmas and opening presents, birthdays, all that? Right? You like opening presents? Come on. You know you do. You can bring them to my house if you don't want to open them. I like it. It's good. You know? You don't take that and go, well, that's really nice. I appreciate that. That's really good. And you put it back under your bed, and three months later, you go, yeah, yeah, I probably need to open that present, right? No, you're you into that thing. And you better start, or you better be carrying a blade if my mother-in-law wrapped that thing up, because she got that thing bailing wire on it and everything. But it looks beautiful. But you can't get that thing out there. It's like, oh, that's so pretty, Grandmama. Oh, oh, new gloves. All right, that's good. That's, I need them. I think I cut my hand. Yeah. I mean, she wraps that thing, I mean, picture perfect, boom. But I'll tell you what, man, it's like Fort Knox getting that baby open. You got to get in through there. So as we go on through this thing, I'm saying open the gift. Jesus is your gift. Eternal life is your gift. Forgiveness is your gift. Grace is your gift. Mercy is your gift. It keeps going on. It keeps going on. It keeps going on. So how can I boast about that? I can't on myself, but I can brag about Jesus, Amen. Man, somebody says, well, I used to say this a lot, but then people just give me the deer in the headlights. You know, look, I say, hey, man, what's going on? Tell me something good. What's God doing in your life? And they go, I woke up today. I said, that's good. And see, what I really was hoping, they'd say, what's God doing good in your life? And I said, well, I'm glad you asked. Let me just tell you, what time y'all got to go back to work? Man, I'm ready to share. I was lost, but I was found, man. I was on my way to hell, and Jesus come out of the church, and it looked a whole lot like, like a little old lady with a Bible track. You see? We, we think it's going to be a certain way. But you know what? You're the hands, and you're the feet, and the ears, and the arms, 
And that's the beautiful thing. But man, always be willing to give account what God has done. I can't say enough about him. And I talk a lot. And I still can't say enough about him because he's good. I love going back through my life. How many people sometimes do you go back through your journal if you write one or you look back through there and you say, oh, this was a tough time. This was a tough time. This is a tough time. All right. Some people do that and they get all depressed. I'm going to encourage you. If you do look back, look where he's carried you. Woo! I said, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this next thing coming up. I don't know how I'm going to get through this thing. And the Lord said, didn't I get you through that little thing and that other thing and that other thing? And that other thing, and that other thing? Then I guess what? I'm able. Woo. I could preach on worry and unforgiveness every week. And it's usually worry because, you know, when we, I, I say this before, and you say, man, this is pretty sharp, bud. This is pretty tough. You know, when we worry, we're discounting what God's done for us. You know, we'll say, well, you know, I, I know, but. He said, I'll take care of it. I've given you my best. If, if somebody's giving you the very best that they have, there's nothing else on the table, and it's the very best, I'd say they love you. I say, I say, you know what? I think they're all in, amen? See, the problem is God's all in, and we're not. And even because we're not, guess what? He don't stop. He just keeps on coming because it's by grace you're saved through faith, right? It's keeping coming. He just keeps pouring it out. But you messed up yesterday, but God keeps pouring it out. Now, I'm not sitting here to say live your life any old way or anything like that. But as we see the love of God poured out on us, don't you want to? Be more like Jesus. Man, I tell you, as my kids come along, there's times that you're thinking, whoo, I need Jesus. Right? Oh, come on, I'm the only one. Right? <laughs> Folks that ain't got any kids, listen now, because you're going to know that. And time goes on by, and then you go, whoo, I got to this point. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And then, and then when your grandkids come along, you're going to say, I'm going to be Jesus. Whatever you need. Right? <laughs> Whatever you want. Yes. Let's see. I mean, you just get crazy with grandkids. I'm only three months in. What do you need, baby? Whatever. Whatever she wants. That's good. Because you just love them because you love them because you love them. You're right. She just went like that. That's right. <laughs> Woo. Man, I tell you what. Papa don't even know what to say now. I'm just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. you know, that's what happens. You know what? That's how God is with us. That's how God is with us. You know, I'm trying to look at everybody, but as soon as I get over here, I just start going, yeah, and y'all, I'm going to tell y'all what's going on. That's how God is with you. When he sees you, he goes, man, Miss Georgia, you're a major. I don't think he calls you Miss Georgia's, Georgia, but I do. I get you looking at your life. Look at, look, at, look at how you've touched people's lives and different things like that. All through here, there's a story in everybody's life. Guess what? We still got ink in the pen. We can still keep going. There's things for us to do. Are you moved by faith? Are you moved by the compassion? Are you moved by the need? Let's see what else we got here. Verse 10, it says, So I will prove to you that I'm the son of man that has all authority on earth to forgive sin. Let's just stop right there. How many times have you read in the Old Testament that they go, We just need a sign. Just give us a sign. Give us. He gave them all types of signs. Guess what? Here's your sign. <laughs> Here's your sign. I just forgive the guy's sin. And I can do that. Oh, and by the way, instead of that little nail... I'm looking at the big picture. Matter of fact, he's looking at all three nails. Amen. The big picture, forgiven sin. And look at that. I love this. Stand up, pick up, and go. See, a lot of times we stand around, pick our nose, and don't go. You know, we just, oh, yeah, I, mean, I guess I got to. I'm just breaking it down right there. 
This is, this is, this is Buckrow Christianity 101. Right here. Look at this. Stand up, pick up, and go. You know, but see, a lot of times people preach. They preach way out of here. The guy's going, what does that mean? Hermeneutics, this and that, and all these different things. Man, you know what? Paul said before, he said, oh, I can say all these big things, but I want to break it down. I'm going to break it down. Now, I know y'all are a lot smarter than me, so I'm probably, I'm probably down here. But I'm going to tell you what. You ain't got to be a brain surgeon to realize that God is good. Right? You don't have to have a degree to get saved. Amen. You just got to have a little faith in the one who does it all. Amen. Look at that there. So I pray as we go from here, we look, that we stand up, pick up, and go. Be about the business of God. Be about that, man. How, how nice is it when you, when you wake up and somebody sends you a text, hey, man, I've been praying for you. How about that? When's the last time somebody got a handwritten note or a letter? It's been a while, right? That's amazing. Somebody writes you a note and says, hey, man, I'll just tell you, I'm praying for you. Whatever. How about that? What about when, when you're in line and, and you got two things and they got 748 things and two pieces of, of pie and they go, oh, would you like to go ahead of you in line? What about when they don't do that? Do you pray for them? <laughs> you say, Lord, I just, oh, man. I only, got, I only got like some cheese puffs and some milk and they got everything, right? You know? <laughs> You're like, come on, man. You're getting there praying, right? Or, or now I will tell you the other one. Because I do a lot of ministry at Food Line or any of the stores, I, I, wherever I can. The other day, this lady jumped in front of me. She had a bunch of stuff. I only had a few things. I said, go right ahead. That's fine. And they were shift changing on the express aisle. So I was watching. The guy come over like this. He's like, <laughs> so I went on over there. I said, hey, man, are you open? Yes, sir, I'm open. I just had to reel him back in. He was, man, he was over there. I'm thinking, the line's getting long. We got stuff to do. Right? We got, we got people to share Jesus with. So I just had to have a little patience, right? But I thought, I said, man, isn't it amazing? Many of us with our faith are the same way. We see people that need Jesus. And by the way, we all need Jesus. I just want to make sure we know that starting right here. And we'll turn around and we'll look into the lights and we'll start twiddling our thumbs and we're thinking about all this other stuff. Meanwhile, time's ticking. Time's ticking. I threw this figure out many times. I haven't checked it in a, in a year or so. But not too long ago, what I had found out, that 150,000 people die a day. That's a lot of people on the conveyor of death, isn't it? Shoom, shoom, shoom. How many people read, still read the obituaries? Right? Whether it's online or whatever, you see what's going on? Did you happen to know that not all the people that die are old? But we act like that, cause man, I'm, I ain't gonna worry about that, man. I, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I want, yeah, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Well, I tell you what, come to Christ, and He'll show you what you were created for. He'll show you your purpose in your life. He'll show you what He has for you to do. And I want to promise you this: when you find that purpose, there will be nothing else better than you want to do in your life. Now, I love playing guitar. I've been playing guitar. Oh, somebody asked me the other day, and this kid said, man, Mr. Buddy, how long have you been playing guitar? I said, 40 years. He goes, oh, that's a long time. I go, yeah, it is a long time. And I enjoy that, and I enjoy playing for the Lord. But there's nothing better that I love to do is share about my Heavenly Father. It's nice when we get to share here. 
But it don't matter if we're in the elevator. It doesn't matter if we're in the line at food line. It doesn't matter where we're at. It just doesn't matter because Jesus is the one to matter. And we got to get the gift to him. Somebody say amen. We got to get the gift to other folks, man. That's the deal. So I had a few things in here. Look at this. So when Jesus is talking about it, he says, I'm the son of man with all authority. I did a couple little notes here. And it says, this is the first time that Jesus refers to himself in Mark as the son of man. He is relating to them and proclaiming to them that he is the Messiah. The son of man is the title used 88 times in the New Testament referring to Jesus. And it is a reference of the prophecy of Daniel 7, 13, and 14 about the Messiah. Jesus is laying it all out here. He's telling them, he's talking in their own language. You know, I joke sometimes and I, and I say, well, it's a buck row and this and that. You got to meet people where they are. You got to meet people where he was telling them, look, I'm the son of man. I forgave his sin and he's walking. You would think everybody said, woo, we're going with Jesus. And a lot of them did. You know what? When you share at your work and you share what God's been doing, a lot of people say, man, that's all right. But then they walk away. You've done your part. Holy Spirit ultimately is going to draw them in. Just keep loving them. Just keep loving them. Let me ask you a question. When you heard the gospel message, the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we need to turn from our sin and turn back to God, Right? How, how, how many times did you have to hear it before you said, oh my goodness, I need Jesus? I imagine I've heard it right, right often. But I'm so glad that one day, I didn't just hear it here. I heard it right here. I heard it right here. And I tell you what, if you listen to today, I don't care what day it is. If it's next year, next week, next month, today would be a good day to call on the name of Jesus. To call on the name of Jesus. Everybody doing all right? So we're going to stand up, pick up. And go. Let's keep on rolling. Now, remember I said there were some naysayers, right? Let's go back to verse 6. Got to circle the wagons here a little bit. And it goes right here. It says, but some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there uh, and their thought and thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sin. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked him, why do you question this in your hearts? God is the only one that can, can, do, can do that. We look at all different types of things and all different types of people to go to fix that, but they can't fix that. We can't fix that. Only God can fix that. We want to fix it in other people, don't we? How many have ever heard this? All right? Have ever heard this? All you need to do is, probably you don't want to hear that when you've already exhausted every other thing, all right? You probably want to go, what must I do to be saved, right? See, a lot of times when I talk to people, I'm just going back. I did not grow up in church once when I was five, once when I was three. I didn't know what saved was. Did y'all know before you started going to church what saved was? Saved. Saved from what? Saved for what? So sometimes we got to start right where they are. That we are saved out of our sin, set in the family of God. Because there's a day that we're going to take our last breath. I don't know when. You don't know when. I asked this question before. How many people would like to know when they were leaving? Okay. Everybody want a surprise, right? All right. I'm just curious. There's a little things go around in my mind. Because now if you knew that you were going to die at noon tomorrow, how would you act today? Ooh, that hurt. Everybody say, But now you don't know that if you're going to make it all the way to noon tomorrow. So why don't you live like you're, ooh, 
now. Did that make sense? Why are we living like that now? That's why I talk so much. That's why I try to keep going because guess what? In my mind, I know that's not true. I didn't, I didn't work for Jesus for 30 years. I was on the other team. And you say, oh, what was If you're not on his team, you're on the other team. All right? If you're on the fence, guess what? The devil owns the fence. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is this. So many times we don't even realize it. But we're working for the devil. If you're not available for God, guess what? You're kind of handy for the Lord, aren't you? I mean, for the devil. How many people want to be handy for the Lord? How many people want to be about his business? How many people are reading his word, listening, Bible studying, doing a daily devotion, different things like that? He's the one, the only one that can forgive sin. So that's who I want to talk about. <coughs> He's the one I want to talk about. He's the one that can save you. He's the one that is there for you. He's the one that can heal you. He's the one that can bring your marriage back together. He's the one that can walk on, on water. He's the one, the only one that can forgive sin. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. I wrote this down. I said, sometimes the truth is right before us, but we turn a blind eye. Isn't that something? Right before us. I said, how many times have you experienced that? You've been praying about a situation. God turns it around. And right in the middle of that, instead of celebrating the miracle, everybody wants to shoot down your miracle. For example, you go and get a doctor's report. And they said, this is the deal. And everybody prays. And they come back and they say, oh, it must have been a bad x-ray. Everything's okay. No! You're not going to rob me of praising the Lord for what he's done in my life. Amen? No. I know what you said. I know what he said. I know what he did. I'm going to hold on to that. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Many of us sitting right here in our lives and everything else, we've been through that, and it didn't go right the way that we wanted it to. But that doesn't change who he is. And that doesn't change our destination when we know Jesus Christ, amen? amen? Now, it might not always look like I said that, that we want it to, but I tell you what, it will always go down the way that God has planned it to go down, amen? Let's take a look at this. I said, don't let the doubt of the devil blind you from your blessing. So many times, whoo, well, I know. I started writing a song one time, never finished it. You'll see why. Waste all the day, waste away all the day worried about tomorrow. See, I should have named it procrastination. It still ain't done, right? People waste away all today because they're worried about tomorrow. Yeah, but I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know. I use this analogy. I heard it before I was even a believer. I was a young man and I heard this thing. And a guy, this lady was on TV and she goes, I always wanted to be a lawyer. She said, but I think I'm just too old. And I said, how old are you? He said, well, honey, I'm, I'm 50 years old. She said, okay. He said, how long would it take you to get a law degree? She said, well, if I went back to college, it'd probably be eight years. Eight years. He said, well, how old will you be in eight years? And they said, well, 58. He said, you could be 58 with a degree or 58 without a degree. What you going to do? You see what I'm saying? Don't, don't let that discourage you. If God's called you to that, keep on rolling. Keep on rocking it, man. Keep on going. So don't let the devil blind you. But also, we can diffuse some doubt with a healthy dose of Jesus. Amen? Man. How many people when they get up in the morning, they, they find a couple of things to be thankful for? How many people are going to do that tomorrow? Right? Man. Sometimes it's hard to see 
any light in some of the darkest spots that we're in. I am not minimizing that. But I will tell you this. If you've ever been in a dark, dark, dark spot, and I pray that you haven't, but some have, and it's very, very difficult. But it doesn't take much light to light up that place. And we can be the light. You might be that light. Last night, Miss Denise wasn't feeling good. She went to bed early. I'm coming in there. Sasha, moving right around here. He got around there. So one of the things I like to do, I like to listen to preaching and stuff. Now, I've got out of the wires around my neck because I wake up like this half the time. I got me one of those little earpieces, right, about this big. So I go, you got, it's Bluetooth, so you got to hit the little thing and then it blinks. And that light is, I mean, microscopic. But it starts blinking and then he's like, turn the light off. I was like this. I'm sleeping like this. Because the thing was boop, boop. And it will light up the whole room. Just think if you're that one light in all your work, in all your family, in all the town, just one, man, you could be shining. You could be shining for him. So I want to encourage you. You can diffuse your doubt with a healthy dose of Jesus. But you know how we get a healthy dose of Jesus? We spend time with him all the time. They say that, you know what, the more people that you hang around with, the, the people that you hang around with, you will start to gravitate. Years and years ago in another life of mine, before I got saved and before my first marriage came around, I remember that my first wife told me this. I was working with some guys and they were a lot older than me. I was about 18. And I come home, she said, you were getting just like those old men. I said, what do you mean? (laughs) She said, you complain about everything. Guys, y'all complain about a few things because I know the ladies don't. You ain't setting me up, baby. You ain't setting me up. But guys can complain, man. We, you know, I, I say this is our challenge again this week. For everything you complain for, see if you can praise about two or three things. You know? Next time you step your toe, ooh, that'll hurt, but praise God, it didn't throw my back out. You know? <laughs> Whatever. You'll be surprised if you try to continue to look at the positive, remember what God's done for you. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not, I'm not dismissing the things that you're going through. I'm just trying to move our head and our hearts and our eyes to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want us to know that, you know what? There's always going to be time for doubt, man. There's always going to be time for doubt because that's the way the world is wired. Does anybody watch what they used to call the news anymore? I'm not going to get too far in that. I don't know anything. You see a guy with a hat, you see a guy without a hat. You see an Indian with a drum, you see this over You know, perfect example. How many people watch some football, right? They do the replay. You say, that guy's, he caught the ball. That guy's safe. That guy made it over the barrier. And then he come in from another angle. Ooh. God's got the best view of your life. He's got every angle. He's looking from the upper story. So don't be discouraged if we only see this. Because God wants to open our hearts and our eyes and our opportunities to the big picture. Amen. The big picture. Everybody doing good? Look for the bigger picture in life. I want to encourage us this week to look at the bigger picture. What I mean the bigger picture is this, not just the big picture. The bigger picture is looking at life through the lens of the Lord. Looking at life through the lens of the Lord and looking at life through the Bible. Amen? Think about that. Jesus wants your heart. Are you ready? That's the thing. That's the bigger picture. You know, when we, we have people come to church and, 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 and we... Every message, as far as I ever know, we've always given opportunity for somebody to know about Jesus. 
I take that very serious. I mentioned it the other day. I did a funeral. And when I finished, I talked to a few people. And, and one of the person said, every time I've ever saw you preach a funeral, you always give an invitation for people to know to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. I said, absolutely. And my plan is to always do that. You know? What better time for people to get a reality check to realize that this life right here is fragile. I say it all the time. I don't tell you that stuff to scare you. I, I, I tell you that to prepare you. I want you to know. I want you to know. Guess what? I'm accountable for that. And guess what? So are you. You know? Can you imagine getting there, standing before the Lord? And you say, Woo, I'm here. He said, Buddy told you 365 times that you need to call on the name of Jesus. Yeah, I heard that. But did you move in action? Did you put your faith to that? Oh, you heard it on the radio. You've read it 300 times. You went to this class. You got confirmed. You got this, all these different, all these different man-made things. I want to know something. Do you know Jesus? I want to know something. If you died tonight, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? And you know what? There is one answer, and his name is Jesus. And that's what I want you to hear today. The bigger picture of anything in life is always Jesus loves you. You say, it doesn't seem like he loves me. It doesn't. If he woke you up today, I'd say that's a, that's a good thing to let him know he, lo he loves you. I heard a guy, and I mentioned this one time, me and Miss Karen was talking about this. And I heard a guy talking and preaching on the radio, one of the guys I listened to from time to time. And he said that he had went to a nursing home. And this older lady was there, and she was really struggling. And, and she was just really, she was weak and everything. And she asked him, why am I still here? Why am I still here? I remember Granny used to ask, I don't understand why I'm still here. I said, Granny, he ain't finished your mansion yet. You know? She was tired. She was everything else. And this is the answer. I know this is the Holy Spirit working through this man. He said, can you say praise the Lord? She said, yeah. He said, let me hear you. He said, praise the Lord. No, can you, can you say it again? Praise the Lord. Then you're still here because you can praise the Lord. Let me tell you. Let everything we do be a representation of praising the Lord. I know some days we fall short. I'm preaching to me, but I'm going to tell you what, get up and do it again. I talked to one of our ladies here. I'm so proud of all you guys, but I'm going to tell you what, this one particular lady has really been stretched the last couple of years, and I love it. I love it. I remember when we first started doing ministry, Tanya, she was saying, and then, man, the Lord got a hold, and then she's going, woo, she's singing. And then she's playing some guitar. And then she's doing it. She says, I don't know what. They call me Bucky sometimes. She said, Bucky, you really stretching me. I said, no, the Lord's stretching you. See, the Lord will stretch you. When you take that one step, whoo, take that next step. Whoo, man, next thing you know is you're out there, man. You're out on that line like this. And you're out there, whoo. And guess what? You know that if you follow Jesus, it's going to catch you. But you know what? It's taking that step. It's taking that faith, knowing that he loves you, the bigger picture. So today, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about having some good friends, right? Are we being the good friend? Are we talking about putting our back in our faith into things? Sometimes our hands get dirty. Sometimes we get a little tired. But let me tell you what, keep praying, keep pushing, keep going before the throne room. Amen? There's a lot of different things that we started coming across. And as I looked through the things, I said, don't let the doubt that people speak blind you from the blessing that God has given you. Man, it seems like the world always want to choke out what God's doing. But he's got the bigger picture. 
we're secure in Christ. Let us pray. Somebody say amen. Lord, I thank you today that you are the one that has the bigger picture, the grander plan. The only way that we can be made right is because of what you've done for us on the cross. That you came and paid our sin debt in full. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us deserve hell. But because you love us, you made a way back to be with you for eternity. So if you're sitting here today or you're listening whenever time it is, I don't know if it's next week, next year, whenever, this message doesn't change. It's the gospel, the good news. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. I want to make sure you understand all the pieces of the puzzle. We cannot just come to God any old way. We come to God through the shed blood of Christ who washes our sin away. And we do that by faith. That's the bigger picture, the upper story. Sometimes we just say, man, I'm in the lower story. I can't look up. I'm, I'm just, this is what's going on in my life. Here, my friend, let me tell you, we need Jesus. He'll forgive you. He'll encourage you. He's exactly what we need. And he gives us purpose in our life. So friends, if you're here today, I pray that you're encouraged by the message. And I want to encourage you this. Lord, give us courage to look at the bigger picture through the lens of the Lord. Father, if there's one that does not know you today, I pray that today is a day that they turn from their sin and turn to you. That they give up what they're trying to fix and, 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 and do in their life and just trust you. Bible says when they brought the man before Jesus through the ceiling and lowered him in the first thing he wanted to do was forgive his sin that hasn't changed whether you come in through the door whether you come in through the ceiling as long as you're coming to Jesus he wants to forgive your sin the question will you receive his forgiveness today's your day Lord forgive us we believe you are who you say you are in the Bible, the Son of God. The only way to heaven, Lord. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. We believe in our heart that God raised you from the dead on the third day and sitting on the right-hand side of the Father, interceding for us. Lord, save me now. Come into my life. If that's your prayer today, tell somebody, write somebody so we can encourage you to grow in your relationship. Jesus paid it all. Get the bigger picture. Jesus loves you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand.